Hey there fellow watchers, it's that time of the week again, Born to Watch. Hope you guys have had an amazing Christmas and are settling in to 2024. As promised last week, even though we released Love Actually as a re-release because we gave ourselves a week off, this week we're back to original content. Surprise, surprise, it's a solo pod. Now, chill out, it's not Dan's fast times at Ridgemont High or lost in translation solo pod that he promised. We couldn't imagine that he'd get off his ass to do that. Instead, you got me, Whitey. So let's settle in. I'm not sure how long this will go for. 40 minutes maybe? Who knows? We can uh, just roll with it together. Today I thought we'd talk about streaming for the holidays. Now, I've had a bit of time to uh, to watch a bit of TV. We've had some shocking weather up here in Queensland, some massive storms, some very, very hot weather, so it's been indoor sports pretty much for this last week. So I sat down with the family. Of course, it's uh, it's Christmas time, so we we, we settled, settled in for our... Uh, you know, our annual Christmas movie, which has always been Will Ferrell's Elf. But this year we changed it up. We went for, for Christmas Chronicles. Now, it's one degree of Kurt Russell straight away. I've got to say, I've seen it a couple times. I really enjoyed it. Kurt Russell is excellent as Santa Claus. Uh, the kids aren't too annoying. The story is relatively believable, but a lot of fun. A uh, bit of laughs, um, a bit of a corny jailhouse scene, but we got over that. But definitely we'll be looking at the Christmas Chronicles as, as a go-to moving forward. Now, Christmas Chronicles 2, not so great. Probably to be avoided. But Christmas Chronicles 1 was definitely a lot of fun. I was thinking about how I might be able to plan this episode so that it felt similar to a normal Born to Watch episode. And I thought, well, maybe I could do Good, the Bad, the Ugly and, and pick three movies and go through it like that. And I'll tell you what, I almost got there. But what I'm going to do is we're going to do some good, the bad, the ugly. And we're going to start with ugly. And my ugly viewing that I had is a movie called Family Switch. Now, this movie stars Jennifer Garner and Ed Helms, the dentist from The Hangover, which we just did recently, and then Mrs. X Ben Affleck. Now, this is a Switch movie, similar to like your Freaky Fridays or your Change Ups, or there is, there's a million of them. This is not a great one. In fact, the whole family only made it 49 minutes in this one before Isabel, my 10-year-old, looked at me and said, are we done yet, Dad? And we were done. Now, I've got to say, a good Switch movie's not bad. And there are some good ones. I actually really like the change-up with uh, Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. I think that's really quite funny. But this movie is shocking. Now, it's a Netflix movie, so it's gone straight to streaming. We're going to talk a little bit later about the effect that streaming has had on possibly the quality of the content that we're dealing with nowadays. But Family Switch, not great. Now... Let me just explain why. There is a family, uh, Jennifer Garner and, and Ed Helms are the parents, and there are two older children who are high school age, and there's a baby and a dog. On this fateful day, and I'll read the synopsis here just for gear, when a chance encounter with an astrological reader causes the walkers to wake up to a full body switch, can they unite to land a promotion, 
college interview, record deal, and a soccer tryout. You know, I think herein lies the problem, is that the daughter becomes the mother, the father becomes the son, and the little baby, well, it switches with the dog. Now, we'll get to the baby in a minute. The thing that is I struggled with in this movie is there is, in some movies, there's not enough stakes. In this movie, everything is happening on this one day. So the daughter's got her soccer tryout. The mum's trying to get the promotion at work. The dad who's going through some sort of a midlife crisis with his with his boy band, a rock band, have got a big audition for the rock, for the music deal. And the son, who seems to be a Sheldon Cooper type, has got a college interview all on the one day. And it's the day that this switch happens and they've all got to figure out a way to do it. Now, I didn't make it to whether they figured out how they did it. I absolutely didn't give a shit by that time. I made it about 10 minutes into the switch and we all decided to turn it off. It's not great. It's probably to be avoided. It's what I would consider to be pretty standard Netflix fare at the moment. There is some horrible CGI in this movie. Now, it's it's a comedy, so I wouldn't have thought there would have been a requirement for there to be a high level of CGI. There is so much CGI in this movie that it is it becomes jarring. In fact, I think the baby is about 85% CGI. There's one scene where the baby, because it has switched with the dog, is sort of running around on the floor, and it is so badly done. It looked like an eight-year-old on an Amiga 2000 created the CGI. Now, Netflix, you've got to be better. I understand you're trying to find content to fill the holiday period, but this is rubbish. Do not watch Family Switch. I'd be very, very excited to hear anyone that watched it and what their feedback would be. So hit us up on the socials and, and let us know if you've, if you've been able to, and maybe tell me how it finished, because I've really got no idea. I don't care. I don't want to revisit it. But anyway, let me know. We are going to make a happy memory as a family. I wish you could be me. I would love for you to be me for one day. I would love for you to know what it's like to be me. I would kill to eat a dozen donuts and just have it burn right off. Would you take a picture of my family, please? Everybody say Merry Christmas. Bed. You're in my bed. Why, Why am I in your bed, Mom? What is happening? That's me. CT? Mom? Wyatt? Yeah. This is a situation that has never happened before. I'm 17 again. I'm 13 going on 30. It's so freaky. What's wrong with Pickles? What's going on with Miles? Pickles is Miles. Hi. What's my age again? Okay, so then moving on to a movie that I thought, and we're going to say this is bad. I thought that this movie came with quite a heavy expectation. And probably rightfully so. Uh, Look, a little while back there was talk that Zack Snyder was going to do a Star Wars movie. Now, here's my thoughts on that. We all know where I stand on Star Wars. I'm not quite Morgs, who is completely over it. But I cannot see Zack Snyder ever being employed to do a Star Wars movie. Now, they hired Ryan Johnson. He did a pretty good job of destroying Star Wars. 
and I've just seen what may have happened if Zack Snyder was given the reins. Now, Rebel Moon is an interesting film. It has some good parts to it. Actually looks really, really good. And we go from a movie that has got terrible CGI. Now, this movie's got great CGI for about the first 30 minutes, and then it starts to lose itself a bit. Look, here's the synopsis for Rebel Moon. When a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living among its villages becomes their best hope for survival. Okay, so this is directed by Zack Snyder. Now, Zack Snyder has made some very, very good movies. In fact, he, he gets a, I think he gets a little bit of a bum rap. Sure, he, he has got very Zack Snyder moves. Very Zack Snyder moves. He loves a slow-mo, which he does way too much in this movie. This movie goes for two hours, 20 minutes. This movie might have gone for an hour of 45 if they cut the slow-mos out. There are a hell of a lot of slow-mos. But he's made some good movies, Zack Snyder. Like, everyone, obviously, 300 is is well-received and, and well-loved. And it's interesting where he's come since then. I, I went through a little bit of a uh, classic horror viewing about a couple months ago, and it started on YouTube when the old Dawn of the Dead came up. And I, I actually watched it. I hadn't watched I don't think I'd seen the original Dawn of the Dead for over 20 years. Then that sparked me to go back and visit the the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead film, which was his first directorial uh, job, really, as a, as a, as a full-fledged Hollywood movie. And it's really, really good. It's excellent. The original, his first movie, Dawn of the Dead. Very, very good. Uh, great cast. And a, lo- a lot of people that sort of go on to become more than what they were at the time. That was released in 2004. Now he's la- And he's gone on to do some other really good movies. Obviously, he's done 300. One of my favourites is probably Watchmen. Now, the, the, thing with, the thing with Zack Snyder is that his best work is done after the fact when he releases uh, his, di- his director's cuts. And there are some quality director's cuts of his movies. Now, the Watchmen director's cut is excellent. The credits, the opening credits for Watchmen is so fucking good. It goes through the history rewritten in Watchmen lore. It is so good. Uh, the The director's cut of Watchmen is excellent. the The cinematic version not so great, but the director's cut is well worth a watch. Uh, he's obviously done Man of Steel, which you know it, it wasn't a bad Superman movie. But then look, Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, not ideal. Actually, pretty disappointing. Justice League, awful, but. He actually lost the reins of that about halfway through. We then look at Zack Snyder's Justice League. The the director's cut is a great movie. A really, really good superhero movie. Uh, he then went on to do Army of the Dead, which was a post-COVID thing, and maybe during COVID. And it was it was streamed on Netflix. And, and I actually didn't mind that. It gets, it gets not great reviews, but I actually didn't mind it. But then it sort of brings us to Rebel Moon. And this is his take on Star Wars. And it's got Star Wars written all over it. You can tell that this he wrote this script with Star Wars in mind. Now it's quite interesting. Uh, it's set it's set on a in a small village, which which reminds you very much of Tatooine, uh, and 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 they're in their harvest. And they in order to in order to get the harvest, apparently the gods demand that there's a mass orgy, so everyone on the night of the harvest has to pair up and go and have sex 
Now, I don't mind that, but Megan's a big fan of gardening, and uh, I don't think anything I've ever done has ever affected any harvest. So I don't know how the mass orgy is going to have any help with that at all. Funny thing I laughed at in this movie is uh, Game of Thrones fans out there, do we remember Dario Naharis? Now, he's the warrior that ends up uh, having a brief fling with uh, Daenerys uh, Khaleesi, the Queen of the Dragons. And the funny thing is, is two different actors play him. So there was an actor, Ed Screen, who played him for one episode, maybe two episodes. And then he was replaced by a much better looking, and I must say a much better actor, in Michael Huisman, who then played him for several episodes after that. And uh, and so both of these guys star in this movie, and both of these guys are on opposite sides. So uh, we'll call him Dario One. Ed Screen is the the king of the space Nazis. And when we talk about how the the Galactic Empire are supposed to be sort of Nazi-esque, well, these guys are <laughs> legit Nazis. They come out, they're in the Nazi uniforms. There's no mistaking. It, it is incredible. They look like SS soldiers. And there's not a lot of thought that's gone into this. It's just, well, these are the baddest people on the planet. So what are we going to dress them up as? SS soldiers. And it's quite obvious. Now, it also stars, this movie stars uh, Sophia Patella. Now, she was the mummy in Tom Cruise's Mummy movie. Uh, she's actually really good. She's a uh, very attractive young lady. Uh, she's actually quite good in this movie. She is the she is the hero. Also stars Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy. It stars Jimon Honsu from uh, Gladiator. It's got a good cast. I'll tell you what, though. What they do not do is give them any time to do anything at all. We it, This movie feels like a Frankenstein of many movies. It's like Magnificent Seven. It's like Seven Samurai. It's, it is like Star Wars. So it is a Frankenstein of all these movies to the point where I started to see scenes from Star Wars in this movie. There's a cantina scene, which is just so completely ripped off of the original cantina scene. There's even a, there's even a, a, a character in it, which is sort of a Quarto ripoff from Total Recall. And there's not much originality to this story at all. In fact, there's not much story at all. It's a part one of two. The second one comes out in April. And look, from a sci-fi perspective, yeah, it's got it's got some good parts. There's a lot of exposition. Whenever they whenever they tell you something, they show you it as well. So it is not like there's anything left up to the imagination. It's, it's definitely the movie that, that is sort of not going to leave you hanging with anything. The thing that made me laugh the most is, one of the, is probably the last scene of the movie, which is a direct rip-off of The Birth of Darth Vader. And if this was going to be a Star Wars movie, I am not sure where this would have fit or how it would have worked because it is such a absolute rip-off of every original thought from Star Wars and this movie was a struggle to get through I probably lasted I could go 20 25 minutes at a time it probably took me four times to watch this movie I put a big effort in towards the end maybe 60 minutes in a row and that was it I was tired by the end of it it's a hard watch it is not great it really isn't if you love Zack Snyder films you're probably going to really enjoy it if you don't like Zack Snyder films you're probably not going to enjoy it it is exactly what you would expect from one of his movies. It's too much slow-mo, not enough story, too much style over substance. Yeah, look, 
Rebel Moon, only if you're desperate. Only if you're desperate. We're going to have to fight. I am a child of war. I find warriors to fight with us. We might stand a chance. We're searching for soldiers for a fight against the mother world. I could help you. The small fee, obviously. You might want to hold on. I'm here to make you an offer. To give you a chance at redemption. We are beyond redemption. What about revenge? This one's hard. I'm going to call this one sort of good, but Maestro, which is showing on Netflix at the moment. Now, I this is another one which took some watching. Two hours and nine minutes. Uh, the story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor-composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia Montalegra, who are married and he is living a secret life. This guy was an absolute genius, Leonard Bernstein, uh, you know, involved with West Side Story, wrote the score and the music for West Side Story, which was just re-released by Steven Spielberg last year. It's a great musical. He, this guy's an absolute genius. Bradley Cooper does an incredible job here. He directs again after the success of A Star Is Born. He does a great job. He really does. It's a beautifully filmed picture. I know I sound a bit like Gao, starting to talk a bit about the angles. It's a beautifully filmed picture. It's in black and white and also in in, uh, colour. But it's the sound that is the centre stage of this. And not just the music, but the way they use the sound. Like, they're having conversations and you can hear the wind going through the trees. You can hear the rustling of the trees. They're in a room, and generally when they film in a room and people are talking, people are just mouthing the words. And then the, the principal actors are, are acting and they're, and they're talking. And then they dub in afterwards the, the conversation. It's quite obvious that these people are talking in the room. This is really masterful sound production. It's really well done. Bradley Cooper absolutely crushes it as this tortured soul, who is a legitimate genius. But Carrie Mulligan as his suffering wife is incredible. Now, I have never, ever, ever seen more cigarettes smoked in a movie than what I saw in Maestro. Everyone on that set is going to get lung cancer. Bradley Cooper is not without a cigarette. They are breathing in each other's face. There is smoke everywhere. It is unbelievable the amount of cigarettes in this movie. It was actually took me out of the movie. It was that it was that much of a concern for me. How many cigarettes are in this film that actually took me out of the movie? And then I started to think, how the fucking hell are they doing this? They can't be cigarettes. It just wouldn't be done today. But there are, I reckon, five thousand cigarettes in this movie. Everyone smokes. I know it's the time. It's the era. Everyone is smoking, but it is so glaring nowadays, especially now when you don't see a heap of people smoking, especially in, in cinema. You People just don't smoke on film anymore. It used to be one of the cool things. Morgs has got a real horn 
for people that smoke really cool. He's a big fan of John Travolta smoking. Big fan. Uh, Broken Arrow, he sm- like John Travolta smokes really, really well in Broken Arrow. This is this is actually a bit ugly, the smoking in this movie. And it seems to be, it's, it's almost a character. The cigarettes are almost a character. They get given that much airtime. Anyway, that's it for my show. Look, again, it took, it was a slog. It really was. A lot goes on in this movie. It's 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 a hard watch. It's a great. It's a it's a beautifully made film. I'm not going to say that it was a hundred percent enjoyable. Look, but it's it's definitely worth having a look at if you if you want to see Bradley Cooper's uh, follow up to A Star Is Born. If summer doesn't sing in you, then nothing sings in you. And if nothing sings in you, then you can't make music. Something she told me. Hello, I'm Lenny. Hello, Felicia. Oh, she's so beautiful. Tell me about her. Oh, she's wonderful. She's a lovely girl. What age are we living in? One can be as free as one likes without guilt or confession. (laughs) Please, I know exactly who you are. He can be the first great American conductor. Okay, now here's the one. Here's the one. So those three are Netflix. What I have been watching and really, really enjoying is season two of Reacher, which is on Prime. Now, the first season came out and I was a little skeptical because the whilst the whilst the Tom Cruise movies are pretty good don't get me wrong they're not bad movies and I guess there was a lot of concern about Tom Cruise being cast as Reacher considering that he pretty much looks like something that Reacher would leave in the bottom of the toilet the size of him but this TV series is fucking great now, I have spoken about it before, about how good season one is. So I was a little bit wary whether they could back it up for season two. Now, the first season, which is, these are all on Prime, so you can catch them on Prime. And I'll, I'll give you a little a little sneaky at the end about what you might be able to get away with here. But the first season was based on the, uh, the book, The Killing Floor, which was a 1997 novel. And it was released as the series on in February 2022. So it's taken some time to come out, season three. Now, the second season is also based on another book, Bad Luck and Trouble, and it was just released a couple of weeks ago, and it's about four episodes in now. I think the fifth episode would have dropped by the time uh, this was released. So here's my little sneaky tip for you guys. If you don't have Prime, right, and you want to watch Reacher, Go and get your 30-day trial, right? Book it in. Binge the eight episodes for season one. Binge the first five or six episodes that are released already for season two. You've only got a couple of weeks to go. It's only eight, eight episodes a season. And you're done. And then you can just cancel it. And you don't need to worry about it. And maybe do it again with another email address for season three. But, mate, it'll be, it's well worth it. It's worth $9.99 to, buy it, to get it for a month anyway. So, look, anyone that doesn't know Reacher, uh, he's, 
He's a former US military police officer. And look, he is... Uh, he do, he develops this team called the Special Investigators uh, while he was while he was in the army, and he solves crimes. He's uh, Sher- the Sherlock Holmes of the army, and he's also about six foot seven, uh, weighs about one hundred and twenty kilos, and is built like an absolute brick shit house, and can kill people with the pinky on his left hand. And in season two, it's ratcheted up what was some incredible action scenes to a whole new level. <laughs> Episode four of season two, there is a run-in with a bikey gang, which had me yelling at the screen in absolute glee at watching them take down this bikey gang. It's a bit of a whodunit. It's, it keeps you guessing. There's a little bit of, uh, yeah, a little bit of sexiness. I think Alan Richon, who is the, who playing Reacher is Excellent in this show, really, really good. But it's also he's surrounded himself with some pretty good actors, pretty good team. There's a couple corny bits, but that goes without saying. There's a really cool bit in season two where Robert Patrick is the the baddie in season two, and Reacher and his and his offsider Neely have booked into a hotel room, and and her name is Sarah Connor, and the guy goes, "Do you know who Sarah Connor is?" And Robert Patrick goes, "No, I've got no idea." A little chuckle there, going all the way back to T two when he was on the hunt for Sarah Connor. Look, it's great. If you've been concerned about watching Reacher after the films, or you're a big fan of the books and you just don't want to have it ruined, get all over Reacher, the TV series. It is really, really good. In fact, it's excellent. I'm loving it, and it's well worth investing your time. You've been carjacked, right? Don't turn around. This won't take long. Wait, who are you? Someone who prefers not getting involved. You refer to these special investigators as your team, your soldiers, even your friends. You can do not mess with the special investigators! So that's it for for sort of what I've been watching. And there's the good, the bad, the ugly, and the awesome of the streaming platforms at the moment. And and look, Netflix have got a great back catalogue of stuff that you can easily go through. And we've, we've obviously covered some of the movies that are there available and we'll be covering some of them coming up soon. If you're looking for something to watch streaming, look, Ricky Gervais has just released his latest stand-up, Armageddon, and he's copying a bit of flack for it. Uh, he's go woke or go broke is not in his uh, vocabulary. He This will be funny. I've not watched yet. I've watched all these other ones. I love Ricky. You know we're huge Ricky fans on the podcast and I'm assuming this one's going to be very good as well. There are people calling for him to be cancelled. He won't give a fuck. He'll just move on. It's just great. Now, there's a heap of really good older movies that are that are on uh, Netflix, and it's quite funny. Like I look at, I'm looking at the the modern classics on on Netflix here, and listen to this: Pretty Woman, Fellowship of the Ring, Full Metal Jacket. So we're three from three there. Blade Runner, which will be coming. Seven we've done. Goodfellas. Catch me if you can. Bang, bang, bang. Done. So we're six out of the first seven. Shawshank. There's another one. LA Confidential. So there's a few there, and there's a heap we will be covering moving forward into 2024, which we're pretty excited about. I know Morgs is really excited to cover the big short. There is so much good, there's so much good old 
stuff on Netflix that if you just hunt a little, there's plenty of gold. There's no doubt. But this is what I want to talk about just to finish the episode is that just the streaming revolution. Now, I was I owned a video shop when the streaming revolution started to take over. Now, for about the first four years of my video shop, the video, yeah, the video industry was strong, still going very, very well. For the last three or four years, there was a massive shift. There was a massive shift toward Netflix and, and, and the streaming stuff starting to come through. Now, people, people would say to me, I would have customers that would normally come in three, four times a week, which I know sounds a lot, but they definitely come in three or four times a week to hire stuff. They'd say to me, you know, I'd say, well, how you been? And I might only see them twice a week or once a week. Oh, yeah, you know, we've, we're we trying on Netflix. So I saw the end was coming. And it's quite funny now that the, the with this streaming revolution where, you know, it is so easy now to find or to, to access the content. Because of this, has there been a dilution of the content that we that we get? And I can use the movies that we've spoken about today as, as a bit of a point. The family switch. Is that going to get the budget to be made into a movie? I don't know, to go into the cinemas. But when it's just going straight to streaming, this shit's just getting made and is getting greenlit all the time. There is so much just terrible movies that are being released onto streaming. Just because it's easy to do, they don't have to do, worry about a marketing budget. It's so easy. Now, are they playing down to us? Are the studios playing down to us and thinking, well, you know, we just show it up there and they're going to watch it. Is this a dumbing down of the consumer? Are they saying to us, well, you know, we're going to control what goes on here and, you know, if if you don't like it, well, then we don't care because we're just going to keep keep doing it and we've got millions of subscribers and and we don't care, even though Netflix took a bit of a hit last year with, with subscribers uh, leaving them, but... I just, I just don't know. Look, I, I love a good Netflix series. I love, I love binging the series. I think they're great. I just don't know. Save the movies for the cinema, please. You know, and they, and they, obviously since COVID, the world has changed, and the world of cinema has changed. But please, let's not put this shitty quality stuff every week. Is something new, some terrible animated film, some terrible family comedy that they're just throwing up just for the sake of having some content on the platform. It's just not working for me. Sort of leads me to thinking about, you know, how good was this time of the year for movie releases? Forever and a day before COVID, December was a was a real good month. If you wanted to see something at the movies, December was was a cracker. You would have a Boxing Day, especially here in Australia, you'd have your Boxing Day releases. And you're talking about some of the biggest movies ever released were released in December. If I just have a look here about the top December movies, and this is in the US domestic box office. So the top 10, Force Awakens, Star Wars, Spider-Man No Way Home, Avatar, Avatar 2, Titanic, God, The Last Jedi, give me a break. Rogue One, let's let's disregard the Star Wars ones. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Lord of the Rings. The whole Lord of the Rings trilogy was all released on Boxing Day. And so I remember that I was like, I used to have a massive barbecue at my place on Boxing Day. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to see Lord of the Rings at 9 o'clock on Boxing Day. And I was at the cinema the first session it was open. So And The Hobbit did the same thing. They released on Boxing Day as well. But there have been some massive movies released in December that we just don't see that anymore. It's been disappointing post-COVID to see that it's not really carried on. 
It seems to be a bit of a graveyard. And if we really look at what's out this week at the cinemas, and you'll be shocked because there's not a lot that you'd like to go and see. Aquaman 2, please. Migration animation. Wish animation. Wonka, which I want to go and see, and I probably would have seen it by the time this comes out. And we're going to do a, uh, an episode on it in the future with The Purple and with Damo. Anyone But You, which is the new Sydney Sweeney Glenn Powell movie, which I think anyone that wants to see it just wants to see Sydney Sweeney. It was filmed in Australia. She looks amazing. She's been out here in Australia doing some press for it. Uh, another movie, One Life. Never heard of it. And Poor Things, which is the Emma Stone movie, which I've got no interest in. That's, that's the week after Christmas. That's what's at the cinema at the moment. Now, in the good old days, it just wasn't that way. There's a real concern about what is going on with the quality of movies and how that's going to continue. Look, guys, we'd love to hear from you any thoughts on the solo pod. I was a little nervous. I don't know how it's gone. I won't know until I've edited it. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's not as long as normal. Next week, Damon and I will be back together. Uh, the other boys have still got a couple of weeks off as they're, uh, as they're recovering from a big Christmas and New Year's. Damo and I will be back together. We'll be looking at Rebel Moon and we'll be really ripping into that. Uh, and then at some stage during uh, January, we'll also be doing a Wonka, sort of a retrospective where we'll talk about the uh, the original movie, what it meant to us, and then let's talk about the new one starring Timothy Chalamet, which, you know, is apparently quite good. Anyway, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Get on the socials, leave some feedback. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends. 